Welcome to the C3SYD podcast. Our heart for you is that you would know Jesus, find community and discover purpose. To find out more about our church, head to our website at c3syd.church. We hope that this message encourages you today. How's everyone doing? You doing all right? Ready for the Word? Let's get into it. Thank the beautiful worship team. We love you guys. Thank you so much. You may leave. Let's read this. We've been in the book of Isaiah. Prepare the way for the Lord, the banner over the year. And it says this, Isaiah 43 to 5. Let me remind you, a voice cries. We had our all-in team night tonight. Uh, not tonight, this last week. It was a big week. And so, so I can't remember what day it is. We had a great time. And uh, we've been talking about a voice cries. John the Baptist is the voice we're talking about. And he was the voice in the wilderness crying out, prepare the way for the Lord. It was not an apologetic voice. It was not, I'm sorry. It was a confident voice of conviction that said, prepare the way everybody for God to move. And it says, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And in the Tyndale Old Testament commentary, it talks about this scripture in the part where it says the uneven ground should become level. It's talking about the creation of a road that is straight, unmistakable, level, smooth, and it pictures a journey made without difficulty and therefore certainty of arrival. And so we are talking about today, prepare your environment, that every environment we believe in 2024, we need to prepare our environment, that the environment of our lives, our homes, our minds, our hearts, our souls would be like a highway for God. And sometimes our lives can be full of roadblocks, full of things that get in the way, but our job, and we believe this year, this is a special year, church, this is a significant year for us to remove the barriers, to make the roads simple. That in my heart, in my family, in my home, in my business, in my work, it would not be convoluted, it would not be complex, but it would be a highway for our God. So how is the environment of your life? Is your life highly distracted? Is there a lot of things going on? And you know, something I remember having to do is move house. Anybody had to move house? Don't you hate it? It's the worst. You know, you've got to pack things up. You've got, to, you've got to assess what to keep, what to get rid of. And you know, I remember actually, I remember Jess and I in our first year of marriage, we lived in Freshwater, great place. Lived in Freshwater for a year. And then it was far too expensive, so we left. And so, so but we had a lovely first year. Uh, and and from, from there, we had, to, we had to pack up, so we had to clean. And uh, we had to clean very thoroughly. Um, Jessen is a get it right person. I am a get it done person. Uh, and so we are a great team when we get on the same page. And so I, I'm in a hurry and I often have to go back and clean what I cleaned, which for Jessen is really annoying because she probably could have done it better the first time. And so we, we, we cleaned the house, we finally got it clean. And then we got a call like days later from the real estate agent who went to check our cleaning, which I find offensive that they don't trust that we have got this. 
We cleaned it so good. We cleaned everything. But we got a call from the agent who said, you need to come back because there is a strand of hair on the kitchen bench. And I know that it was Jesson's hair. And so, I'm joking. It was probably mine. And, uh, and, and we had to come back. And I thought this agent is awesome. Surely he could have got a tissue and just got rid of it for us. But he had to get us all the way back down there to get rid of one. The rest of it was clean. Moving sucks. <laughs> we, we have this, we have this, uh, this brand of, um, uh, they're like a business, you know those? And so they're called Utter De Clutter. Have you heard of Utter De Clutter? On the Northern Beach, I don't know if you have, they live up the road from my parents. And so I see their, their cars everywhere. Talk about conviction. They are unapologetic about their business. It's on every single car. Their kids' bikes have utter declutter on it. Everywhere they go, it's, it's awesome. And so uh, the thing they talk about is that their business is about getting ready to move, getting ready to move. And there is a reality that I believe that God wants to do in our lives, a work of decluttering. Jesus was actually quite into decluttering. He did this thing that you'll know, maybe you've heard of it in Matthew 21, 12 to 13. In verse 12, it says, And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. Why would you want to sell pigeons? Get rid of those things. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Now we know that in Christ Jesus, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, today might be your day to give your heart to Jesus. And when you do, do you know that we become the temple of the Holy Spirit? That the temple is no longer just a building, it is actually a body, it is you and I. And so now we are designed to house the Spirit in the presence of God. We read this in 1 Corinthians. And it says that our our body, Jesus is saying the temple is designed to be filled with prayer, filled with intimacy with God, filled with connection to God. Not full of many things, full of a few things indeed, mainly one. And I want you to take, I want to take you to the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10, 38 to 42. Read this with me. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked him, Lord, don't you love this? Don't you care that my sister, who I'm throwing under the bus, has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her, I can imagine Mary was sitting right there and Martha was talking to Jesus right in front of her. I'm sick of it. You tell her to help me. So here we have Martha and Mary, two very different approaches to having Jesus in their home. And I wanna look first at the approach of Martha. We know that Martha and Mary were the sisters of Lazarus. <laughs> Lazarus. Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And Jesus. Do you know, when I was a little kid, when I was five years old, I had a speech, like I had a lisp. 
And guess what my speech pathologist's name was? Her name. This is like some kind of sick, twisted joke. Her name was Roslyn Oslin. So I'd walk up, hi, Roslyn Oslin. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. He knew them. But the thing about Martha is Martha is your proactive, get it done type person. And so I can relate to Martha at times. I have a few streaks of Martha in me. Uh, The thing about Martha is in Luke 10, 38, it says as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now we know that it wasn't just her home, other people lived there, but you know what I'm saying? It was her home, Martha. John 11, we see that Martha heard Jesus was coming to town and she went out to meet him. She wasn't waiting for Jesus to come to her, she was proactive. This is Martha. Martha said in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. This is Martha. This is Martha confronting Jesus. Verse 28, and after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. Come here, Mary. The teacher is here and he is asking for you. So we actually see that Martha is your proactive, get it done type person, which is wonderful. But also we understand that Jesus was giving Martha a bit of correction in this story. And he says to Martha, Martha, Martha. Alex, Alex, I've heard it before. Martha, Martha. And here's the thing, when Jesus says her name twice, the doubling of a name in Scripture does not mean harshness, does not mean judgment. It actually means deep emotion and endearment. So Jesus, he, he, he said this, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem. When he says it twice, it is him communicating deep care, deep love. When David said, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son, and to Samuel, it is a communication of deep care and love. When Jesus said on the cross, my God, my God, it was a deep communication of emotion and love. So when Jesus says Martha, Martha, He is not saying it with judgment or anger. He is saying it with deep love and care, but He still corrected her. And this is the nature of God, grace and truth. God will speak the truth in love. So He did not hold back from helping and correcting Martha, but it did not mean that He did not love her. And so when God God corrects you, when God is shaping your life, don't run away from it. It doesn't mean He doesn't love you. It's actually proof that He does. It's actually the sign that you are a child, not a hired hand. And so we see three insights about Martha and her approach that actually the fruit of what I would probably call performance Christianity, where where I define my relationship with God more by what I do for God than I do by being with Him. So the identity that Martha had was defined by what she did for God. And let's remember, she wasn't doing anything evil. She wasn't doing bad things. She was doing good things for God, but she had lost what mattered most. 
And so, because of her doing, 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 it says that Jesus said, you are worried and upset about many things. Martha had inner turmoil. This word worry means to be torn into many pieces, pulled in many directions. This word upset means tossed along like a capsized boat down a stream. That's what that word means. And it's very interesting because Martha is your proactive, in control, got it all together person. And yet, in her own soul, in her own heart, she is out of control. And isn't it true in our lives that so often when we are trying to control things and control people and control outcomes, it's actually a sign that we have lost control within. You, you are trying to get peace on the inside by, by constructing peace on the outside. And whatever peace you build, you have to maintain. So if you build peace by having everything neat and in order, that's how you have to maintain your peace. But you can get a peace that comes from God. You can get a peace that goes beyond all understanding, that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You can get a peace that is maintained by God. And so Martha is worried. She is torn up by all the things she thinks needs doing. Notice that Jesus had never asked her to do any of them. She had created all the doings. They were not directions from Jesus. And it's so interesting because she has this inner turmoil. She's trying to control everything. But then we we see that she's quite irritable. (laughs) She's annoyed at her sister. She's, she's angry at her sister. She's cranky at her sister, that bludger Mary, who just gets everything easy. You know, I'll just say that must be nice, sitting at Jesus' feet, doing nothing. Must be nice. I've got to work. I've, I've got to earn it. I've got to do it myself. No one around here does anything, especially that Mary. And so Martha, Martha is irritable. She's angry. She's blaming. And she's actually come to a place where her capacity has has met its end. She is not living in the fruit of the Spirit. Church, the sign you are filled with the Spirit is not tongues. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Tongues is a gift of the Spirit. Spiritual gifts should be wielded, used and exercised because they fan your faith into fire. But the sign that you're filled, the sign that you know God is the fruit of the Spirit present in your life. Love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And so Martha, she's doing things for God, but she's not filled with the Spirit of God. She is even beyond that suspicious of God. Lord, don't you care? Listen to this. Martha is angry at God for not helping her do things that God never asked her to do. And that sounds like Alex Alex sometimes, where I get angry at God. Why aren't you helping me, God? 
help me. And I hear that still small whisper, I didn't ask you to do that. And I say, shut up. (laughs) But can't we do it anyway? (laughs) The still small voice. She was suspicious of God. She she had lost her trust in God because of her many doings. But Jesus says of Mary's approach, Mary has chosen what is better. He did not say that Martha's approach was bad. He just said that Mary's approach is better. Because Martha's approach is not going to lead to a life-giving relationship with God. But Mary's approach is going to lead to a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Look what Mary did. She sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what He said. And you need to understand it's very significant that she sat at His feet because feet in Scripture means to submit to authority. When you come under and you sit yourself at someone's feet, you are saying, I am coming under your authority. We read in Acts that the disciples, the followers of Christ brought gifts, financial gifts, and they laid it at the apostles' feet to say, this is for you to go and build the kingdom with. I'm submitting it. I'm letting go. No strings attached. Psalm 110 verse one, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So the enemies of God would come under the authority of God. Isn't it amazing that Jesus washed the disciples' feet? So the very one whose feet we should be washing came and washed our feet as a picture of His submission to us. Jesus, this is the good news of the Gospel, everybody. Jesus submitted, King Jesus submitted Himself to us. And He said, I will take your place. I will die on the cross. I will be the substitution, the sacrifice that is needed for the washing away of sins. So Mary wasn't just giving time to Jesus, she was giving submitted time. And there is a difference in how we spend time with God, where we are simply spending time with God or we are submitted to God as we wait on Him. You can be spending time with God, but be busy solving your own problems. You can be spending time with God, but not really capturing what He is saying to you. When it comes to spending time with my son, Oakland, he's two and a half years old, looks like a full on boy now. You know, he was a baby, now he's a a boy and it's just the best. And uh, he's growing, but I have learned this, that when it comes to spending time with Oaks, I have to submit myself to him because all he wants to do is play. He just wants to play, but I'm busy, you know? Oh, I've got so many things to do. I've got to think about this, think about that, think about that, all these things going on. But actually what I have found to spend quality time with Oaks, I have to surrender. I have to surrender my job, surrender all these other things I've got to get done. I've got to lay them all down and submit my attention to Him. And this is what it takes, everybody. It is the ancient way to have a relationship with God. You cannot scroll your way into a close relationship with God. You can only come and sit at His feet and get to know Him and listen and submit. Submit. 
Are you submitted to the Word of God? Because Jesus is the Word. And so we know if you're submitted to God because you will allow the Word of God to disagree with you. When God can't disagree with you, you're not submitted. When, when God can't disrupt your world, you're not really submitted. I had this experience in my 20s. I had this friendship that I knew I had to end and I just couldn't do it and I didn't do it. And it was very costly to my life. But, but here's the thing, I felt like the Lord say to me, you, you're not actually submitted to me. Because if I was fully submitted, I would have said, okay, Lord, I'll do it your way. I'll end this and I trust that you're good and your character is trustworthy. So Mary submitted and she listened, she came under. Do you know what is so interesting about Mary? Worship team, I'd love you to join me. Do you know what is so interesting? Mary listened, it says. Jesus told His disciples, don't look at the worship team, look at me. I love it. They're very interesting. But look at me. The disciples were with Jesus all the time. Listen, listen. The disciples were with Jesus all the time. And when He died, when He went to the cross, they were shocked. They could not believe it. They were caught off guard, surprised. They're like, what the heck is happening? The Messiah is not meant to die. But if you read the book of Mark, chapter eight, Jesus tells them, I'm gonna die. Chapter nine, book of Mark, Jesus tells them, I'm gonna die. Chapter 10, book of Mark, Jesus tells them, I'm gonna die. Not one of them heard Him, but you know who did? Mary. Because the Mary we read about at Martha's house is the same Mary that broke the alabaster jar at the feet of Jesus. This is the Mary that knew Jesus was going to die. So she came and prepared Him for burial. Jesus said of Mary, this woman has done a great thing because she has prepared me for the cross. Mary was the one who listened and she knew stuff. You know, when you spend time in the presence of God, you, you, you start to know stuff. You start to get wisdom. You start to hear God's voice. When we're not busy, when we declutter our world, we can properly hear the Lord. Look what it says, Matthew 26 to 13. Truly I tell you, wherever this Gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. When you learn to sit at the feet of Jesus, doesn't mean you don't do anything. No, it means you just do the things that really matter. It means you don't get caught up in the clutter and all the things that you think you have to do, but actually we get caught in His presence and we sit at His feet and we listen. On, on Fridays, my day off, it's like my Sabbath day. And I used to, you know, I come into Friday really tired and I'm just tired. And so I just want to watch Lord of the Rings, you know, and, uh, or Star Wars or something great. And, but you know what I've been doing? I've been, I've been disciplining myself just to sit, open a Psalm and just sit in it. And you know, my, my tank 
my tank, my soul, that may have had inner turmoil this week, may have had some worry, may have been upset this week. Do you know what happens? I trade all of that in as it is soak in the presence of Jesus. And I'm filled with His peace. And I'm filled with His anointing. And I'm filled with the assignment that He has given me, not the assignment everybody else is trying to give me. I gotta tell you, there's, there's a lot of people have opinions. All of you have opinions. So I have to cut through the noise to make sure I'm not doing someone else's assignment and make sure I'm not doing what I think everybody else wants me to do, but actually that I'm doing what the Lord is asking me to do. And the only way you get there is to sit at His feet and listen. Everybody close your eyes in the presence of the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you need to give your life to Christ. This moment is for you to say yes to Jesus. And all I want you to do is raise your hand, receive Him. You don't get to God any other way. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ and to receive Him. So today, if you need to receive Christ, come and receive the Prince of Peace. If that's you, all I want you to do right now is raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're not going to take you anywhere. We're just going to say a prayer together. Our team will come and look after you, chat to you, help you in any way they can. But if that is you today, count of three, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to say this prayer together. One, two, three. Who is there? Thank you. I see that hand. Beautiful. Anybody else? You're saying, that's me. That's me. That's me. Anybody else? Saying, that's me. I'm going to receive Christ today. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Two beautiful people. Amazing. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Maybe you're online. You can let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know that you're giving your life to Christ. Anybody else? Five seconds. Give your heart to Jesus today. Five, four, three, two. See that hand at the back, precious hand, precious. Last seconds, three, two, one. Let's all say this prayer together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for saving me. I turn from my sin, my own way, and I turn to you. Today, I receive forgiveness. I receive eternal life. And I receive a new beginning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your Spirit who lives in me. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thank you for listening to the C3 SYD podcast. To make sure you don't miss out on our next podcast, click subscribe.
If you want to find out more about following Jesus, get connected, or find a C3SYD location near you, head to c3syd.church forward slash connect with us. Don't forget you can find us on YouTube and Instagram at c3.syd. We look forward to having you back soon.